Welcome in to Good Karma Wrestling right here, along with Brian Rowitz. I'm Jonathan Hood. Wait, Gabe Neitzel. Oh, he's on assignment today. There's no Gabe's. Uh-huh. He's no. He's not around. He's on assignment today uh, for Good Karma Wrestling. Brian, I, I don't know what happened, but I think he's looking for the next Butch, the next Ludwig Kaiser, the next uh, Gunther, and the next uh, Max Dupree. I understand he's looking for the next guy for the WWE. Yeah, I mean, we really needed live reports from NXT UK, which I think is still a thing, to be honest. We needed yes. someone out there. So Gabe's looking for it and trying to see what he can report back to us in the next week or so. Yeah, I mean, he should have been on the show just to let us know about the next Butch. You know, let us know about the next Max Dupree. You know, all these name changes. I thought he'd bring us some talent back, but I guess that's not the case. Don't forget, you can catch this show on YouTube, youtube.com. You catch us live, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific time every Thursday. And don't forget to catch the podcast as well. Good Karma Wrestling is the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode either on YouTube or the podcast. Boy, I just got back from New Orleans, Louisiana uh, for vacation, the home of Junkyard Dog. And I just – and I told my wife – because, you know, the one thing you know, Brian, is that everything's wrestling. Everything is yep. wrestling, right? You, you look to your left, you look to your right, you go outside, you go on a trip. Everything's wrestling. And so um, I, I drove past the uh, Superdome, uh, the Caesar Superdome, by the way. That's a That's sponsor, right. the Caesar Superdome. <laughs> and I drove by and I told my wife, I said, right there, right there, there's the home of the junkyard dog. She goes, what do you mean? I said, in Mid-South. I said, let me, I'm, so I'm glad you asked about the, I'm glad you asked. Let me talk about Mid-South wrestling. And I told her, I said, so there's a story. I said, here's a junkyard dog. And the junkyard dog is—he's the most over thing in New Orleans. More over than the Saints, more over than the basketball team at the time. Junkyard dog was it in New Orleans in the early '80s, and so it's in the newspapers that junkyard dog is getting—he's—he's going to have a baby. He's going to have a baby girl, and man, the the city is so happy. You know, he tell talks about it on Mid South Wrestling, and so he's in a wrestling match with uh, with Michael Hayes, the Freebird. And Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy and Buddy Roberts, they hold Junkyard Dog and they hold him back. And they had this Freebird hair cream. This Freebird hair cream <laughs> is the thing. It's kind of like Nair. It takes your hair off, right? They got the Freebird hair cream. And they've been doing this to all the wrestlers in Mid-South, putting the, the Freebird hair cream on people and their hair is going off. And they're, they're making people bald. Oh, they, took this Freebird, they took that Freebird hair cream, Brian, and they put it right in the eyes of the Junkyard Dog. And it blinded him, and he's rolling around the ring. He couldn't see, he couldn't see. And the story was, is that the junkyard dog couldn't see his newborn because wow. he was blinded by the fabulous Freebird to Michael Hayes. How about that? That, that is how the, you build heat, and that's how you give your wife a birthday present, sharing that story with her. That, that's right. <laughs> think, think about this. He's blinded, so he's got to walk around New Orleans with, like, a, a bandage around his eyes and, and like, his family – ushering him to the hospital to see his wife. He had to play that in the hospital. Had to do that angle in the hospital. Is that my girl? Is that my baby girl? Is that my baby girl? Is that my girl? And so he had to do this in the hospital. Now that's real storytelling. That's right. You are, Brian, he's he's at pretending and doing the storyline of being blind because of the Freebird hair cream in his eyes. And, and, and so he had to do that. And because of that, Junkyard Dog took on Michael Hayes and sold out the Superdome. That was the main event. Sold it out. 50,000 people to see Junkyard Dog finally be able to see getting his revenge against Michael Hayes. So like everything is wrestling. Yeah. That's right. Moments make matches. And that's what that is right there. That, that's good storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> we got so much to talk about on Good Karma Wrestling. So, Brian, what is our lead today? 
Well, uh, I'm gonna say guys, I'm used to two of you guys being there. Yesterday marked three years of AEW, the three-year anniversary. So we'll start with a pretty simple question. Three years in, has AEW met, exceeded, or failed to meet expectations for yourself? So what do you think, Brian? I mean, three years of AEW, brand new company. We haven't seen this kind of traction since TNA was hot uh, when it first started off. So what do you think about AEW for three years? So from my standpoint as a strictly wrestling fan, and it's funny because I look back today, you know, Facebook does those memories things and you see things that you post. Today was actually when Double or Nothing was. And I had a post saying, that was fun. Like pro wrestling is back. As a pro wrestling fan, that show was fun. That was the night of Cody and Dustin, Kenny and Jericho, the Bucks and the Lucha Bros for the AAA titles. That was a fun night. So to me, they've actually exceeded expectations. Yes, there's been some misses. There are some holes. But the fact that we get to watch pro wrestling every single week now, every single Wednesday, we get to see CM Punk in a wrestling ring again. We'll talk about him, whether or not he's winning a world title this week. Like, this has really just been fun. And, like, it sort of rejuvenated my love for wrestling. And, honestly, why a show like this exists because of AEW. So, to me, they've exceeded expectations so far. You think about this, Brian. It all starts with just social media and word of mouth, right? It's not one of these things where you get this big-time television deal and say, we're going to plant our flag and say, here's where we are. You know, this is where we are. We have a, a network that's going to put our show on. It all started with word of mouth and, and social media. It started with the Young Bucks. It yeah. grows into J Chris Jericho and Cody Rhodes. And it was just a rumor. And then they start having these big events. I wasn't sure what this company was going to be when it first started. All I know is it was hot. Because one thing's for sure, and we don't talk about it enough here on GKW, but the but independent wrestling is really hot. It yep. is all across the country and around the world, especially in the UK. It's hot. And so I was thinking about this, about how AEW was able to grow. Tony Khan is able to get this deal and get it on Turner Television, which is also pretty big because we haven't seen wrestling on Turner Television right. since 2001, 2002. But just how Tony was able to get all of this talent, just not only AEW homegrown talent, but also those leaving the WWE and coming over to AEW because they wanted a second chance. And as you mentioned, there's been some missteps, but it's a young company. It's going to happen, right? When the NWA turned into WCW, some of that, some of that stuff was horrible. Horrible. <laughs> like Hogan against like Kevin Sullivan's crew, of, like Kamala yeah. <laughs> and one man gang. I mean, just garbage. Bad. You mean right? you're not a fan of RoboCop? No, that was bad too. Yeah, the return of Robocop. Stay with the return of Robocop. Fuck God. Like, horrible, man. And, and so when I, I look at, at AEW now, and they have exceeded what TNA did in a oh, big yeah. way. And, and that's because when you could just go to Chicago, you go to Las Vegas, you go to New York, and you're selling out these, these venues. Uh, that shows you that you've really been able to do something great for the business. And ultimately, it's just an alternative. I mean, yep. look, John Cena, one day we're going to talk about this. A lot of John Cena's era uh, as a, a champion in WWE was marred and was made fun of and picked apart because there was really no competition on the other channel. Right. Right. I mean, to me, he got booed because people were just bored. It's like, yeah. okay, it's just John Cena with his jorts and his, you know, and his great tidings and his great messages and his, you know, average matches below, you know, above average matches. And that was it. But at least with AEW, it gives us something else to watch. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think you sort of see it. And I think people look at it as if they've been around for 20 years. It's just been three years. And the fact that, you know, 
They're right around a million every week, I think, is a win, which we've talked about with them being two inside. But even pay-per-views, their last five have all done over 100,000 buys. All Out did over 200,000. Tony says this Sunday is going to be their best in-house crowd, which is pretty impressive right now. And to do something like that, even something as simple as, like, as wrestling fans, we've been conditioned the last decade to not pay for pay-per-views. You pay 10 bucks a month, and you get all your pay-per-views. So the fact that he's, will, he's able to get fans to fork over $50 every few months, myself included. Early on, I was like, all right, here's a show, maybe one or two a year. I'm every show now at this point. I'm forking over those 50 bucks. Like, that means they're doing something right, and they've gotten the pro wrestling fans back in. Yeah, you're so right. And, and, you know, I guess with the WWE at times, you get what you pay for, right? Yeah. I mean, if, it's, if it's 10 bucks, it was about 10. Sometimes the main <laughs> event was worth 10 bucks. Yeah. You know, right? <laughs> Maybe seriously. And, and and it is something you're right, because we haven't paid 50 bucks for a pay-per-view for wrestling in a long time. Yeah. And now we're doing it on a regular basis with AEW, but it's worth it, though, when they give you what you're looking for. They understand that it is important to have quality in ring and they're giving you finishes. You may not like the finishes. Right. <laughs> you, you may not like who goes over, but they're giving you finishes. And that's so different. I, I just enjoy what they've done in the first three years because it is different. Um, and you think about ECW, you think about these other companies that have tried to build something, you know, and it was short term, short term success. Smoky Mountain was short term success. But the thing that you want is for AEW to grow. And I think that's what we've seen, growth and development. Silly shit aside, just right. in-ring, you know, straight. And some of the best promos we've got in the business right now because it comes from the heart. No scripts, no writers. It's just the wrestlers speaking on, uh, on their behalf to get themselves over. And I think that that really separates them from the WWE in that regard. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like I, Tony mentioned today on the media call, like he's focused on the hardcore fans. That remember that was part of that first presser saying, "Hey, we want to find those lapsed fans, those fans that gave up on wrestling," which a lot of people did because of WWE. And I think to your point about Cena, when you don't have competition, there's no fire under your ass. Like you do whatever you got to do, and it's like, all right, people are gonna show up. We're the only show in town, and that's it. So now, like I don't know if we've fully seen WWE sort of acknowledge them yet. We've seen some changes, obviously. But AEW, by getting some recognizable names, the Punks, the Brian Danielsons of the world, the Jerichos of the world, they're also doing their part of building young guys. Like, looking at this show, like that tag title match on Sunday, Jungle Express, Starks and Hobbs, Keith Lee and Swerve, like, those are guys that, like, I don't know if we see if not for AEW. I mean, we saw what happened to Keith Lee on Raw. Like, Bearcat is what we see. We don't see Keith yeah. Lee. But yeah. now we get to see him in a prime spot on a pay-per-view, and it's nice to have that outlet for people. Yeah, absolutely. And for those that were able to watch some of these AEW wrestlers on the independent circuit and to be yeah. able to see them in AEW now, that's a positive. Like a Darby Allen, perfect yeah. example, right? Dude was in Defy in Seattle and some of the other places around the West Coast. And we were able to see him, like, if you want to pay for it, you want to go to Fight TV, you can see it like, what is Darby? Seems crazy. And now right. he's on AEW television, right? And and so and it's along with the veterans that we've seen from the WWE, that mixture is good. I, like for example, Page against Punk. Yeah, it's t- today versus it's now versus yesterday. Meaning, mm-hmm. you see, Punk. Hey, he's relevant today, but you know that he used to have his prime in the WWE and also in Ring of Honor. And but to see Page step up as a champion taking on Punk, that's a perfect example of having that great blend of of talent on the roster. And I think it's great. I think I think that so far. I would give AEW a maybe a B plus 
through the three years. I think that's fair. Yeah, and I think the other thing they deserve credit for is within this three years was COVID. With you know, within that, you had empty arena shows. You had you know Matt Hardy make that debut, which failed flat, fell flat, and I think he's been you know behind the eight ball since then because of empty arenas and things like that. But seeing them get creative and you know the stadium stampede, like things like that, that just shows even more just how impressive what they're doing is three years in because you had that year and a half stretch that there was nobody in the building. But at least, you know, they had their wrestlers there in the front row. Tony and Laney went off. Like, they deserve a ton of credit for this. And, like, it's been a fun ride these past three years. Yeah, if you're watching on Daily Dodge on Facebook or if you are watching on YouTube, hey, Brian and I will answer your questions toward the end of our podcast here. So uh, we see some of the questions coming in. We will get to those uh, questions coming up at the end of our – toward the end of our show here on Good Karma Wrestling. So, I mean, uh, I gave a B plus. Did you, did you give a oh. letter grade? I'd give it an A. Like, I, I think there's still oh. room to grow, but I'm going to give it an A just because, like, of how fun it is. Like, it's fun to be a pro wrestling fan again. These pay-per-views, like, the build-up, I think it's special that it's only quarterly. Like, I love the fact that it's not a monthly thing. I think that adds to it. Like, going into a show like Sunday, the main event, which we'll talk about, like, really, you can make a case either way who's going to win. And at the end of it, like, I don't see myself being upset. I don't think we're going to get a double countout or, you know, someone runs in there. Like, we're going to get a winner. And then they're going to go that way. Like there's been storytelling, the MJF stuff, seeing a guy like him develop. Like it's been a lot of fun. Yes, there have been misses that's going to happen when you have three hours of TV every week. And if you want to watch a YouTube show, I'm not saying I do, but other people do. Like <laughs> you have a lot of opportunities to miss, but overall, like it's fun. And I look forward to those, those pay-per-views every four months. And it's what they do right now. How about a solid A for AEW? That's Man, right. I wish I wish you were my teacher. My God, <laughs> I would have passed more classes in high school if you were my teacher. Well, every week here on Good Karma Wrestling, we have the top three questions. We'll start off. Uh, let's see, three questions. Start uh, one. We'll start with number. There we one. go. Okay. <laughs> see, you learned one. something in school. You're good to go. We'll, <laughs> we'll start in the WWE world. Roman Reigns, obviously the top of the mountain right now, but Hood. Who is the hottest wrestler in the WWE right now besides Roman? You know, what's really sad, bro, it's is this, is that Cody Rhodes is the hottest name in the WWE. That makes no sense. He just got there. <laughs> he just got there. But, yeah. Like, if you, can, if you can give me another name, I'd be surprised because anytime that you've got a countdown clock, two hours into Monday Night Raw says, hey, hour three, which is the yeah. weakest hour for Raw, we're going to have Cody Rhodes. So no matter what, he's going to speak or he's going to wrestle. you got to see him. They're making a guy from AEW come from the WWE and is a must-see. But, uh, but we go back to this. I say this almost every week. You've got 100-plus wrestlers in this company. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK. You could, you could, it is so many guys that you can get over. It, it's, it's really amazing. Cody Rhodes comes in and says, I want my, my old AEW music. I want to uh -huh. wear my robe. I want to keep my name. I want to be able to do this. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to call, I want to call the business wrestling right. and not sports entertainment. I want, I want to say belt and not title. I want to do whatever. And they're like, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. You know, you know, keep your integrity of who you are. And it's kind of like, and Vince told Cody, he goes, I understand. I understand what I'm buying, pal. I know what I'm getting. Yeah. And it's kind of like, that guy's the most over what does that say about the rest of the locker room 
Oh, a hundred percent. And I think part of him being over is the fact that he hasn't lost to Roman yet. Like the rest of the locker room has been buried. So at least you had that going for him. <laughs> the only, so I literally, in this question, I wrote down two names, Cody, obviously one of them. The other one, I think part of it comes off an impressive Monday. What about Riddle? Riddle is over. Um, but what happens when he turns on Randy? Right. So, yeah. <laughs> My old face. <laughs> because this is just a WWE. It's the way they do business, right? Like yeah. Riddle, Riddle is over. There's no doubt. Being with Randy, he's getting the rub. Uh-huh. But but because it's WWE booking, nah, screw that. He's over with the fans. Make him a heel. Oh, yeah. They're without a doubt going to screw this up. It's either that or he ends up getting a match with Roman and it's a 30-second squash. Like, they will yeah. find a way to screw it up. But see, here's what's interesting. So as I mentioned, you got a whole roster of wrestlers that you can get over. It doesn't have to be someone who just came off of AWTV, but it is. But the reason why that, that question is difficult is because you don't know who's next for Roman's championship because we don't know when Roman's going to defend the championship yet. Right. When a Brock Lesnar kind of malaise right now in which Roman's the guy, and we did see him on SmackDown, it was good to see him. But, Brian, here's the problem. Like, when you have someone hot, that person's vying for the Intercontinental U.S. Yep. World Championship. And I don't – there's a cap on the ceiling on this roster in that we're trying to get guys over. Okay, over to do what? To right. be in matches? <laughs> Ultimately, what are we watching for? We want to be entertained, but also the trinkets, the championship matches, supposed to matter. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, in some of these matches, like – we're seeing the same recycle stuff week after week after week. Like it's so easy to fast forward through these shows and watch a match or two and sort of call it a night. And that just goes to their storytelling. And I think it goes back to our point about AEW and their success. And we've seen storytelling. We've seen a lot of guys. We talk about their roster being too overcrowded because there's so many guys we want to see. Yeah. You don't have that problem in the WWE right now. Like there's a handful of guys you might want to see, but the guys getting over are very few and far between. And a lot of the guys that are entertaining, I think, are guys that sort of do it in spite of WWE. Like, to me, KO and Sammy come to mind. And those are the guys that you put in any situation. They're going to do whatever they want. They're going to be entertaining. And the example that always comes to mind is the Mania in Tampa two years ago when they had the weather delay. And they panicked. They didn't know what to do. And they just handed a mic off. Those were the guys like, Kevin, just go talk. Because they could trust a guy like KO to just fill that time. Those guys are going to get over. Those guys are going to be entertaining. But the rest of them are pretty few and far between right now, which makes it a difficult watch on Monday and Friday. See, I guess when you are the number one company in the world for wrestling and you are making money hand over fist and, you know, all your all your conference calls that you have with the media says, yeah, we made over was it over 200 million this uh-huh. quarter. <laughs> Far yeah, exceeded yeah, so, their budget, all that sort of stuff. So I guess you could just kind of just muddle your way through. And I just know that if I was a promoter, I just couldn't do that. I couldn't do that to my audience. You know, I just – because you're against the NBA playoffs, you're against the Stanley Cup final, you know, Stanley Cup playoffs and everything else on television, but you still got to be entertaining, man. What? Why do you put a ring up in an arena? It's only because you want to be able to show, hey, besides Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens and – you know, Ezekiel, you know, or whatever. <laughs> those, got, those are the guys that you got to watch, uh, AJ Styles, because they're going to be champion. And so if the, if the wrestlers don't matter and the championships don't matter, then what's the point of having a company? 
Well, that's the thing. Like, even with Cody, like, he's the new fresh toy. But, like, by the time we get to Cody versus Rollins 7 over the summer, like, are we still into him? Like, is he still getting those pops on Monday night? Like, or just like, all right, like, we've seen this already. We don't need to see it anymore. So what did I miss here? I said Cody. Is there any – what about the women's division? B- Bianca's sitting there on Raw over to the side watching Asuka and Becky. Not a bad match. Yeah. Uh, is that, I guess but we just fine. saw that match. That's true. A week ago. And obviously that wasn't quite how they planned it, so we'll give them the benefit of the doubt there. But, again, like, we just saw that match, and we're going to see it again next week in the pay-per-view. Like, is, I, Bianca, I, is Bianca hot right now? Is her title hot? No, and I feel like she's been more over, but I don't think she's that over right now. Okay. Is, is Ronda Rousey's cha- SmackDown championship hot? Not in the slightest. I mean, yeah. these, are, these, these are the champions, right? I mean, uh-huh. I, yeah, these are the, the two women's champions here. Ronda Rousey's trying to and trying to be a babyface, but everyone knows that she's a, <laughs> probably a better heel. She yeah. forces the smile because I know what happens. In Gorilla, Vince is like, because he's told Randy Orton this too. He's like, God damn it, you're a, you're a babyface. Right. Smile, <laughs> smile, pal. And like you can see the forced smile from Ronda Rousey. Uh-huh. But she hates all of us. She hates all of us. All <laughs> she of does. Us. She hates us so much. She hates us so much because of social media. Uh-huh. Because because she gets run down on social media, and so she hates us so much. But she's trying to be a babyface. And when she won the championship, I thought it was I thought it was her best singles match that she sure. had against Charlotte. But the crowd didn't pop until the end. They were not behind her. This is this is clearly not um, Ken Shamrock. <laughs> you know, <laughs> as far as UFC people coming across uh-huh. over, this is clearly not Ken Shamrock or any other UFC person that came over to wrestling in which they get a pop. It's just not working. Yeah, and that's the frustrating part. Like, I feel like that whole roster, like, you want to have those special moments. You want to be invested in a wrestler and say, okay, I want to see them get to the top of the mountain. And the day Cody wins the title, it's going to be special. When they do that, it's still obviously up in the air. We don't know. But, like, how many other guys or girls do you see that coming from? Like, if Asuka wins the title next week, like, does it get that massive pop that blows the roof off the place? Like, Probably not. Like that's no. like it's just hard to get invested in something like that because you know the AEW comparison. We try not to compare, but like Wardlow, like Wardlow, that pop he's been getting, and going back to the last pay per view when he won that you know big golden ring, which only got him a shot at the secondary title. That was one of the pops of the night. When he's eventually at the top of the mountain, that's going to be a massive moment. Darby, Jungle Boy, like all these young guys, they're building up to have those moments. We don't really have anything built up in the WWE right now, and it's all because of Cody. And I think a lot of that is Cody doing his own thing, like you said. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he comes in the company; he's the most over. I not not more over than Roman Reigns. I don't want sure. to make sure that's clear. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is is that as far as the other wrestlers, I mean, he's two and zero against Seth Rollins. I'm sure Seth will get his win back. But just because people are behind Cody, people enjoy it. It's uh, yeah. it's quite a thing in the WWE. So that's our number one. What's number two of our three count? Well, this Sunday, double or nothing comes your way from Las Vegas. A pretty stacked card. But what match are you most looking forward to Sunday night? Okay, besides the obvious of the main event, I'm looking at Hardys versus Young Bucks. That's a dream match. It's a dream match. See, I'm on the polar opposite of that match. Like... I don't know if it's because like I've seen it. So like I was in Lakeland when they had a ladder match under the ring of in Ring of Honor a few years ago. But like the build, like that honestly is a match that I think doesn't even need to be on this card Sunday. 
Like, it feels thrown together. The Hardys, specifically Matt, haven't been that great in AEW. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. That match just isn't doing it for me right now. Brian, that match is going to – and you know it's the Young Bucks. They're vice sure. presidents, so they get time. <laughs> so, so I mean, they're going to get 20 minutes or more. And, and because who knows if they're going to wrestle again anytime soon. Maybe – I mean, this is better than a Dynamite match. You gotta yeah. put this on pay per view because I mean, look at the names side by side. It's the Young Bucks against the Hardys. Uh-huh. The Hardys had their best promo that I've seen since they were in WWE. That was yeah. a hell of a promo on Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's funny to hear Matt Hardy talk about you know when we were growing up there was no drugs, no alcohol, <laughs> couldn't swear. And it's like, well, what happened? What wrestling changed right. it? What happened? Right? Yeah. You know. Well, Jeff sort of made a face, which I like. Like he didn't try to just hide from it. He's like, eh, maybe. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I just thought that was funny, man. And so, and the Young Bucks, because of who they are, I just think that they're going to really have a really solid match. I just think that it's old school versus uh, older school, yeah. and I think that I think that's going to work. I think that's going to be a really solid match. It's going to be um, because they'll have time to to wrestle. I think it's going to be really good. So a couple other questions before I get to my, so sort of off of this. So right now, Hookhausen versus Tony Nese and Mark Sterling, that's listed as a pre-show match. That's the only one listed there. And then there's 10 matches. So a couple, I guess, bonus questions. One, what opens? And two, which of the 10 are you moving to the pre-show? Because you feel you need to have at least one more on the pre-show. And if you want, I can well, run through it. So this is what we have on the show. Well, well, well I was going to say, mate, there's going to be a lot of Jade fans or Jade stands. They're going to be really pissed if you put that Jade Cargill and a Jade match on on the pre-show. Yep. And unfortunately, I think that might be the one that goes there. Sure. I mean, I just I just know that wrestling Twitter will not be happy if Jade Cargill is not on the show because they'll think that they that they push her to the side. Like she doesn't matter. She's got a winning streak. How do you put someone with a winning streak on the pre-show? I'm just telling you that that's going to happen on Twitter. You'll see it if that happens. But you can say that about any match. I don't disagree with you, but I'm just telling you what's going to happen. Like, are you going to put then Death Triangle and House of Black there? No. Like, House of Black was on the pre-show last time, and it was one of the matches of the night. uh, That's going to be a hell of a match. Yeah. (laughs) So, I don't know. Unless they just go full 10, like it's just one pre-show, and you have 10 that – is a five, six hour show Sunday night. I, I just think that, you know, the, out of the women's matches that are on here, I want to see Thunder Rosa and Serena D because I want to prove Gabe wrong. Gabe thinks that <laughs> he, he didn't think that Thunder Rosa and Serena D's promos last few weeks haven't been, they haven't sure. been very good. I disagree with that. I disagree with them. I think that Thunder Rosa had the promo of her career on Wednesday night. Even though she, she got fan- played off like award show style? Yeah, well, they didn't know when she was going to stop, and there's and there's a rub when it's not scripted. Yes. <laughs> right? It's like, like now, now, now. Yeah, <laughs> she paused, and uh-huh. like it's like, and so, but it was the promo of her career. Yeah, no, no face paint had the the you, the fans were 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 behind her, pretty strong, pretty strong, and so um, I think that that is the match I probably want to see over okay. the. Uh, over the other matchup, I believe the AEW Women's World Championship match with Thunder Rose and Serena Deeb will be better than Jade Cargill and Anna Jay. And if you're going to move one, it'd be Jade Cargill. But just look for the avalanche of people. They will be pissed. 
So for me, like, it is hard to pick one match. Like, I am giddy about this card. I think it's a really awesome card. I think the payoff of Warlow and MJF is going to be great. I think that six-man, like we talked about, like House of Black killed it at the last pay-per-view. In terms of match of the night, though, like, I'm torn between the tag titles. I think that six-man, it's going to be a spot fest, yes. But, like, I think it's going to be a damn good match. And honestly, I'm happy with the fact that I think Jungle Express drops the titles, and I'm fine with either of those teams being the new tag champs. Whether it's Hobbs and Starks or Keith Lee and Swerve, I think they deserve those moments. The other one is the Owen uh, final on the men's side. Adam Cole, Samoa Joe, for the first time ever. Like, you think somehow they would overlap and they had a little bit of NXT, but they've never been in a ring together, which is impressive. So those two getting that sort of opportunity, and Tony talked about what that prize is going to be. He wouldn't quite say what it is. That's going to be a pretty fun match between those two. Yeah, I heard that the other night on Wednesday. They said that Adam Cole and Samoa Joe have never wrestled each other. Yeah. Like, I got to do some Google search. Are you sure they didn't do some kind of Ring of Honor or some independent show? No. So I think they might have missed each other Ring of Honor-wise. And NXT, remember, they started building something when Joe was, like, the enforcer. But then I don't think he ever got cleared to actually do a match. Mm. Like, he choked okay. Cole out backstage when he was with Regal, Is that whole thing. But I don't think there was ever actually a match off of that. So, well, I guess you put on your booking hat then. So, with this card, what's going to open the show? We know the, the world title main event. That's what they do. They put the proceeds there. But the opening match obviously means a lot also. So, what's opening this show? Okay. So, if it's AEW, so it's got to be hot. Uh-huh. I think the match you just said might open the show. Really? I, 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 what if yeah, Adam Cole against Samoa Joe could, could be a hot one? Because it's... It can't be anything dull. It's got to be hot. Or, well, here's what's funny. It could be what you chose or what I chose. Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> I would say that one. I would say Hardy and Bucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it can't be, it cannot be slow. Because nope. the way Tony Khan works is, is that the first match has to be the hot match. And any time that your AEW Dynamite show opens up with a cage match, literally you want something <laughs> hot, right? Like, it, 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 it just screws Bro, it's, it's scro- it screws with my wrestling sensibilities <laughs> when I see a cage match at the start of a show. Like, what the what is this? What? Like, like, that's a main event. What are you doing? Like, And I'm like, okay, it's different now. It's 2022. Uh-huh. I understand. Like, the cage is down for the opening match, and then you just raise to the ceiling for the rest of the night. Like, I don't get it, but that's okay. I get it. It's different. Like, you know, just... I like Bobby Lashley gets almost in a cage match. You start off money that like, why is this happening? I don't get it. Um, but at least we get but, those two again next week at Hell in a Cell. So look forward to that. <laughs> right, exactly. So, so I, I'm a, you know what? I'm gonna roll with Hardys and Young Bucks because they yeah. want something hot and fast. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Yep. Yeah, I mean, this is a ridiculously stacked card. I think it's gonna be a late night Sunday, but it's a holiday Monday, so I think we'll be okay. And yeah. I think it'll be a pretty uh, fun night Sunday. Did you have a second match? I have Hardy's Young Bucks and Rosa Deeb written down. Did you have a number, a second match that you were looking forward to? I think it would be the tag titles. Just Jungle Express, Starks and Hobbs. And I think, you know, feeding off of last night, I think right. that'll be a lot of fun. What, what match don't you want to see? See, that's the weird thing. I don't think there's anything. I mean, I guess the Jade match, I mean, she's been getting better. I wish there was a little bit more of a build to make Anna Jay seem like a legit contender, especially because Jade's already beaten her. But that's the only match where it's like, eh, I don't really not that into it. I mean, even the anarchy in the arena, like everything Jericho's been doing has been so entertaining. That's not going to be a five-star match, but it's going to be entertaining. 
and you know Kingston being as over as he is and Mox and stuff like that. There's no holes in this card, even with the pre-show. Like getting to see Hookhausen have their first match, like yeah. that's going to be a fun one. There are no holes in this card. Man, it's just stacked from top to bottom. So I, I'm with you, man. It's going to be fun to see on Sunday. And just keep in mind, it's going to be a long one, but it's yep. going to be worth it, though, right? It's going to be, hey, it's going to have maybe four and a half hours long, maybe longer than that, but it's going to be fun to watch, that's for sure. Uh-huh. Well, that show will be headlined by the world title, Matt Hangman Page defending against CM Punk. So for number three, pretty simple, does CM Punk leave Sunday night as the new world champ? He does not. Ooh, okay. All right, next next topic. See, I Since think he does. He does not. And here's why, bro. It's it's because <laughs> okay, okay, let's let's dissect that promo from Dynamite from Las Vegas. Little quasi shoot there. Little quasi yeah. shoot. Did, did you hear Hangman Page? Here it's, it seems like it's it's interesting to see Hangman Page all fired up and huffy and going right at CM Punk. And Punk is playing babyface. He's just like Hey, man, it's just my turn for the heavyweight title yeah. match. So looking forward to shake my hand, all that, right? But did you listen to what Hangman Page was saying? Brian, he said, and I'm paraphrasing here, pretty much that you put on a good face out here for the fans and on, on wrestling Twitter, but you're really a bad guy behind the scenes. You're not a guy that's supposed – you're supposed to be someone that's supposed to help us as young wrestlers, but ultimately you're just helping yourself. Sure. And what he said was, he said that what I'm going to do here, I'm not going to beat you for me. I'm going to beat you for the locker room in the back. Is there heat? Is there, as, as uh, Austin Isle used to say, is there heat, brother? Is there heat in the back where people look at CM Punk as a veteran wrestler and believe like, yeah, he's around, but he's not really helping us. He's helping himself. Yeah, but like, so say there is. Say that like that is who Punk is. Like he's looking out for himself. As a fan, does that make you not want to cheer for him? Like, that doesn't affect you at all. Like, it's a well, weird route to take. Well, in all good matches, someone has to be the antagonist. Someone has to be the sure. protagonist. So, they, I guess AEW is leaving it up to us, right? Sure. Because Hangman Page is coming across as a heel. Uh-huh. And he's mad at CM Punk because – and this is just from the promo. It just had a weird – odd Shawn Michaels Bret Hart vibe to it. I, don't, I can't put my finger okay. on it. But it, it just it was an odd vibe because it's kind of like, so Paige, are you saying that CM Punk is not helping? The, because ultimately, Punk has always said, I'm coming back not only to help myself, but also to help the young people, the next yeah. generation of wrestlers. And so if that's not the case, if that's a shoot, then that's a little, you know, a little uh, 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 cherry on the Sunday to the story. But CM Punk's like, no, I'm just here to just because it's my title shot. And he's getting the cheers and Paige is getting the boos. But see, I think that would be the better angle. Like, Hangman sort of bringing that stuff up, saying, like, hey, you said you were here for the young guys. And, like, why am I facing you? Why is it not Darby in the main event? Why is it not Wardlow in the main event? Like, you're taking the spots from these young guys the same way you got pissed off that guys came back and took the spot from you. Like, you turned into, you know, The Rock or Hogan or sort of play that angle. Like, the locker room stuff's a weird vibe, and I've talked about it. The Hangman World title run, like, it just hasn't done it for me. And I thought this would be it. I thought Punk would bring out the best, but Punk sort of playing the, set, you know, sit back. Like, oh, yeah, like, do your thing. I'm a face here. Isn't really bringing out emotion out of either of them. Like, I think Punk winning the title sets us up for more Punk matches and someone ultimately beating him. 
and you send Hangman down that sort of dark route of being the frustrated heel and being upset that he lost the title. And honestly, you get back to the chase of Punk, or I'm sorry, of Hangman, because that's what made him so over. I think there's just more opportunities for AEW as Punk as champion than there is Hangman, because Hangman's just not doing it for me right now. I just, yeah, I, I don't know why you're saying this every week. <laughs> like, I, I like, I like. What does the man have to do? He's bled. He's he's been in classic matches yeah. with Brian Danielson. Right? He beat Lance Archer. Like, but those are all just matches. It. It's like you talk about like the moments. Like those are all great matches. They've been great matches, and Sunday's going to be a great match. But storyline wise, it just hasn't been there. The chase was unbelievable. The chase, the alcohol stuff, the dark order stuff, like. Every part of that was must-watch with Hangman, and maybe that set the bar too high, but storyline-wise, it just hasn't been there. Why well, ain't his fault. Listen, I was with you when he won the championship because I, it was only because I'm, I'm from Chicago, so I'm used to heels being champion. Nick okay. Bockwinkle is champion, Ric Flair champion for a long time, so the chase – is all actually interesting sometimes. Yeah. The chase is more interesting than the babyface being the champion, right? Mm-hmm. And but in this scenario, he's the baby. So he comes in as a babyface. People chant cowboy shit. They're yeah. they're into him. Clearly, they're into him. There's no doubt. But as him as champion, I wasn't sure either until we actually saw him get into the ring and start actually having good promos with time. Sure. And so and so, I will say that. He's done a fine job as champion, but Punk does not win Sunday. I believe that Punk will win in Chicago. Now I don't know if this oh. is going to be. I think that I think that for Page, it's important for him to beat Punk, and then Punk getting a rematch after this. Now I don't know if the rematch is at Forbidden Door, or sure. I don't know if it's at uh, uh, All Out. All Out, yeah. Uh, apparently, all the shows are in Chicago. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> lucky so, you. So, <laughs> so so um, I think that Punk eventually does win the championship. How about this? He wins a championship before October 1st. Okay. So that means that he wins at double or nothing. I'm going to – I'll just guess, and I don't know because Tony has not said this. I would imagine that those two do not wrestle at Forbidden Door. At least I don't like think so. anyone you're saying? I don't, I don't think that Paige wrestles Punk at Forbidden Door. Yeah. I think that's it. I think it's New Japan against AEW talent. No, I, I agree think. with that. I, I think that's the way to go. Yeah. So you think then for four months they build up to part two and then Punk gets over? Yeah, I just don't. I I don't see it as Punk winning. And now, but here's the thing that's really funny about this. So Punk drops in like, yeah, you know, my pipe bomb was here in Vegas. Yeah. And so I, I can see the symmetry there of saying my pipe bomb was here. And I win the championship in the same place in Las Vegas where I did. So I get that. But to me, I just think that Punk winning in Chicago and his home fans behind him, I just think that that's, that would be awesome. I really do. But I guess sort of along those lines, like imagine the reaction. Like we've talked so much about the Punk MJF and how great that was and how the build and the hate towards MJF. Punk versus a top heel and the heel, you know, doing dastardly things, trying to win the title. Like, that has the same reaction that gets people over and like to me i don't know who that heel is right now because it can't be mjf again i mean i don't think it's cole again jericho maybe jericho but like that has its moment as well like building up to that and building up to like oh is he gonna lose the title here in chicago so i think you still have that opportunity sure sure i i just think that we we talk about the lack of moments in aw a lot Mm -hmm. on the show 
that the yeah, like you could book a match. Hey, yeah. this is a dream match. Hey, I mean Tony Khan calls random show, random right. matches on <laughs> Rampage dream matches, right? It's a dream match. Everyone's gonna like it. Hey, no, no. Like, like so he loves the like the the matches where he thinks that they're classics or they're gonna be. Yeah. But it's great to have matches, but you have moments, and I think right. that Punk winning in Chicago would be a great moment. I could be wrong, but I think they're gonna wrestle more than once. I think this could be a trilogy. Hmm. Could be. And we'll see. Yeah. All right. All right. That should be fun. Sunday's going to be fun. I think that's sort of the the main uh, takeaway there. No question about that. Um, so a couple of news and notes here. And then at, at, at uh, some time we will uh, be able to give our match of the week. But so a few news and notes. One, yeah. uh, one of them is Tony Khan. I was part of the – were you there? I sent you the link. Did you even listen? I, I went there. to, and then I said it had the download. So I'm like, ah, I'll read the recap on Twitter. <laughs> I was part of the uh, the conference call there for Tony Khan. It's media call he had uh, on Thursday t- to promote uh, the big event in Las Vegas. And so he had a few things to say, didn't he? Yeah. There's some of what he had to say. Well, I think wrestling thrives when real life on screen. And the real life conflict is often just as exciting as any conflict on screen which is one of the great things about what he's brought to the wrestling business. Well, right now we're featured in the best way possible, I think, with AEW Wednesday Night Dynamite on TBS and AEW Friday Rampage on TNT. And we've gotten great, great, great feedback that this is, I think, going to be a great relationship between AEW and Warner Brothers Discovery. And I was so honored and, and honestly just, I think we're blessed that when we're in Los Angeles, the folks from Warner Brothers Discovery are throwing us an awesome party. And it should be something really memorable. And for the wrestlers and staff of AEW, well, I think wrestling. So there's some of what he had to say. MJF, you know, talking about on social media, maybe not happy with his contract and all the, the fun Warner Media stuff. Okay, so let's start with the MJF stuff. And I think that. We're going to hit on this again as a theme on uh, on Good Karma Wrestling at some point because, you know, MJF is shooting on social media and on AEW TV about his contract situation. And Tony Khan's yeah. totally fine with it. He says it's reality-based, so it's fine. But, you know, MJF is a, a tremendous uh, wrestler. I don't know if he'll ever be AEW champion. I think he should be at some point. But, man, I just think that he is phenomenal. I think that he's a great talent. And it'd be a shame for AEW to lose him, but hey, they lost Cody, so it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he's the best heel in the business right now. And also, like off of this, like he retweeted some of the quotes and like, oh, like I hate this place and here trying to find the exact thing. But he is so over. Like, part of me thinks this is all at work. Like, it's just sort of playing out that like he's a heel. He's gonna go be with his friend Cody. But like, you can't lose a guy like MJF. Like, MJF is so good. I think part of the reason Wardlow is so over right now is because of MJF, because of that hatred there. And you see with MJF with the Long Island stuff, he can do both sides. Like, if you eventually want to make him a babyface, I think he can knock that out of the park also. You can't lose a guy like MJF. Cody, I think, is replaceable. MJF, I don't know if he is at this point. No, I, I believe because he's so young, he has an opportunity to go places. In any era, he'd be great. He's uh-huh. a heel in any era, and he believes his own hype, and so that's interesting. The Warner Media part is interesting 
there was a question that was asked regarding uh, Ring of Honor and if there's going to be some kind of streaming deal, TV deal. He was not committal on that, Tony Khan. He didn't want to go into it. Um, but he talks about, he's, he's really looking forward to the party, apparently. Um, what are media's <laughs> gonna have? He's really looking forward to a party. I guess it's going to be awesome. Uh, so that uh, will be fun. That'll be fun well, to see. So with the Warner Media stuff, like, is that something with like fans in general? We see it in all sports. Like, do we just know too much? Like, does any of this stuff really matter that much from a fan perspective? Uh, I guess only in this regard. You don't want to lose the company. You don't want to lose the TV deal, right? Sure, but I, right? that's you, the thing. Like, when you're drawing a million people every Wednesday night, like Warner Media is happy with that. Like, it's drawing more than you know random movie replay that you would typically have in that spot. So, like, that's all that really matters, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. You just don't want it to be on TNT one day and then it's off the next. That's sure. the problem. Yeah. All right, that makes sense. Uh, other news and notes are out there in the WWE world. Money in the Bank, originally scheduled July 2nd at Allegiant Stadium. Well, it's not going to be there anymore. It's moving to the MGM Grand Garden Arena. Fans have been refunded, and they will have the first chance to buy tickets at the new arena. Why, you might ask? Well, I think attendance might have something to do with it. Allegiant Stadium holds 65000 MGM Grand Garden Arena, 17000 So a l- little bit of a difference there. <laughs> I, I know that Nick Khan of the WWE wants to be able to be in bigger stadiums for these big events, these tentpole events. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that's something that they want to do more often, like not just for WrestleMania, but for the other events like SummerSlam. They, they'd like to do that more often if they could. Um, but it makes sense. They're against a UFC event. So, hey, you know, go back to an arena. You'll sell it out. and It's going to be fun. You don't have to keep showing that you could be in a stadium. Sure, you can be, but not if you're not drawing well, right? And so it's it's best where they're going to be right now. I think that's smart. Yeah, it is. But also, like, how do you not have the foresight beforehand? Uh, you know what? Bad business. Yeah, like, that. that's a bad sign, if anything. Like, you should know, like, money in the bank and, like, the Roman thing might play into it a little bit, whether or not he's going to be there or not. But, like, this isn't one of their core four. Like, it's it's a good pay-per-view, but like they've sort of devalued that briefcase a little bit the last few years. Like I'd like to see a little bit more foresight there. Yeah. That's on Nick Khan. <laughs> that's, that's totally on Nick Khan. They're trying to be huge and big and everything else. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, UFC's down the street here. You might want, <laughs> want to run that, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, that's, that's bad right there. Um, so a, a couple other things that I noticed, um, so there was something in, on AEW that we've never seen before. Okay. I talked to you about this before the, yeah. sh- the show. Do you know what it is? Um, a big surprise with, no, with the lights on? No, <laughs> that is different. That is different. <laughs> that is true. Uh, was it the – did we get a finish in the Rapungi Vice FTR match? Nope. You know why? Because Jeff Cobb and Great O'Conn came out, and it was a double disqualification. Yeah. We, we've never seen that before in AEW. They've never done that before. So we watch so much wrestling, we just think it's all the same. Right, exactly. But, yeah, but AEW usually gives you a finish, right? We have never seen a double disqualification. At least I have never seen one on AEW Dynamite. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And it's funny because I remember when it happened, and you're like, oh, it's Jeff Cobb. But I remember thinking, like, you know, you could add FTR win that match. Like, they didn't need to end it like that. Like, FTR could have gotten the win and – Repugnant Vice is whatever. Like, I remember thinking that, whereas, like, you're so conditioned to it in WWE. It's like, okay, like, yeah, we're not going to get a finish is what happens. But it does sort of, like, stick out when it happens now. And I'm glad they do that because 
that's ultimately because they value the wins and losses, which they've made a big deal of. You have actual winners and losers every single match. I think that's a good thing, and that helps the product. So um, I saw Judgment Day uh, from on Monday Night Raw. The Judgment Day. Come on. I'm sorry. Give them their sorry. respect. Sorry. <laughs> the Judgment Day. Edge, Rhea Ripley, Damian Priest. They're doing the same crap as they blame the fans. It's amazing that yeah. if, if the WWE has one trick, and that is to blame <laughs> the fans. If, if if Edge turns, if Rhea uh -huh. Ripley turns, it's all because of the fans. It's all and you call the them fans. sheep. You got to call the fans sheep. That you got to drive that home. It's so lazy. It's it's so lazy. And I've told you before uh, on the show that I'm a big Edge fan. Mm -hmm. um, he's in my personal top ten of great wrestlers for me. I just, you know he's. I think that he's had some fantastic matches in his career. But this is the most WWE that Edge has ever been. <laughs> yeah. And that's the and, and and that's not a positive connotation. I mean it it is the the the, the verbiage. The way he's is scripted is just—it's not good. It just isn't, Brian. And it's—it's it's frustrating because I feel like those three, and if they add someone else, which they've been teasing, like that has the potential to get everyone over. Like Edge gets to do his thing, and they get to give those young guys and girls like their opportunity. Rhea's in this prominent storyline, which I think she deserves. I think she's amazing. But instead, you're just doing the same cut and paste. Like, okay, yeah, like. Hey, we hate to say you got to take shots at the hometown team. Also, they've thrown that in a couple times. That's very necessary to be a heel in the WWE world, and it's just another missed opportunity when it comes to their writing. Um, I saw Miz against Cody. You saw this too on Raw. How sloppy was that match? Yeah, I, I know AEW gets ripped for that, but like that felt a little off. I don't know what that deal was, and is that all Cody's going to do? Is it just versus the Miz and Rollins? Is that part of the deal? He can only face those two. That, that's yes. It? <laughs> Yes, on uh, at house shows and uh -huh. on television and pay per view. Yes, just those two. <laughs> that yeah, that is disappointing. This is very strange. I don't, I don't understand. And by the way, Becky Lynch, uh, watching her against Oscar, man, she's shedding before our very eyes. Her hair was all over the place. That wig, or <laughs> or she's wearing. You can see pieces of her hair around ringside. It was in the ring. I'm like, man, she needs to. I don't know what she has on, but her hair is being just. Falling all over the place. I just thought that was weird. That was a Brian Rowitz uh, type of uh, <laughs> uh, of observation that I noticed on Raw. <laughs> but she's another one. Like I talk about Ko and Sammy and how good they are, just being entertaining no matter what. Like I think Becky's in that class now. Like no matter what she's doing, she's going to be entertaining. All right, my friend. What is oh, real the quick? Match? Yes. Before we get to the match, the other thing also new to note: Sasha and Naomi officially, uh, we think for real, suspended indefinitely. All merchandise taken down from WWE shop. We saw it going over social. Michael Cole reading that statement about the millions of fans that were disappointed. McAfee just sort of sitting there biting his tongue. But it looks like we finally have some movement on those suspended indefinitely with Sasha and Naomi. I can't kill Michael Cole because he's no. produced to say this stuff. But it just it came across really bad. Uh -huh. I mean, it, as we talked about last week. So you're saying to us as wrestling fans that nothing can be hand, This can't be fixed. Right. It can't be re reconciliation. I mean, it's the WWE after all. Right. I mean, Ultimate Warrior came back. I mean, he uh -huh. died, but he but he actually did come back though. Brett right? came I mean, back. Brett came back. Steve mm -hmm. Austin came back. I mean, just I I don't I don't understand why the WWE is so heavy handed in this. Obviously, Vince believes that he's right, and we believe as wrestling fans that they're that they're wrong. Sasha Banks and Naomi. Are the were the tag team champions, and they were proud to be tag team champions. Mm -hmm. But you're feeding them to slaughter by trying to get 
Ronda Rousey over and trying to get uh, Bianca Belair over. Yep. And for, you know, from Sasha Banks standpoint, she's like, I'm the best wrestler in the company. Some would say she's the best. Some would say she's the best women's wrestler in the world. I mean, we'd have to debate that. I mean, but clearly she's in the Mount Rushmore. She's uh-huh. in the top four of that, right? Without a doubt. I mean, we, we all right. I mean, and some will tell you that she's the best. So should the best just be putting over? And you're gonna lose matches, but she's already the champion. So you're going to allow her to just get beat by Ronda Rousey. And I, here's someone to give you a five star match. She's silky smooth in the ring. Naomi has been, she's been hurt. She's been uh, put down. She's been, she got over. And now you're going to feed her to Slaughter too. Listen, we know it's wrestling and everybody loses <laughs> and everybody wins. I get that, right? But just from the booking standpoint, you have to stand for yourself. And yep. you got to be able to say something. Like you have to buck against the system. 98% of that, of that roster would have said, okay, Vince, whatever you say, just give me my six-figure deal. Okay, whatever you say. But for Sasha Banks, she's like, you know what? I'll just go to movies. And Naomi's like, I'll just stay home, wait for my husband to get home. I mean, that, ultimately, that was their choice. I'm glad they stood up to the system. I wish more WWE wrestlers would do that. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's like to the points we talked about earlier, they got belts over. They got belts that really haven't been over since the jump. The Iconics, I think, were a big moment for them. But they got the belts over. And they also said, like, hey – no, we're not the main event, but we still deserve to have a story. And the WWE's like, no, 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 well, we don't know how to do all that. And, like, I just think they continue to look bad. They continue to bury the two of them when, honestly, this could have been handled behind closed doors and it wouldn't have been such a big deal. Like, it's a story that's talked about outside of the wrestling world, like TMZ tweeting about it the first time. Like, that wouldn't be the case if they just handled it behind closed doors. And knowing them, we talk about the belts and how they don't matter and they're just trinkets. I almost feel like that those women's tag titles we never see again, almost as a spiteful move towards them. Where Vince's like, oh, you know what? We don't have teams anyway. I'm not doing a tournament. The titles are dead, and they're just never talked about again. A few uh, notes from our listeners here on Good Karma Wrestling. Vikram says, agreed. Hangman, has, uh, the run has been flat, maybe a little bit more of the Big E's run, but still very flat for how much they waited for Kenny to drop the title to him. So that's the thing. I think the bar was so high. And like the crazy part about that is we knew how it was going to end. We knew the chase was going to end with Hangman winning the title, beating Kenny, beating his former partner. But it still was that special moment. And we just haven't gotten anywhere close to that moment since then. Bill Johnson says, was, what was the impact of Owen Hart dying during a, pay, uh, a pay-per-view? Um, in hindsight, can you believe they didn't stop the show? No, they should have stopped the show. And I will tell you right now, the corporate WWE would stop the show. Yeah. Uh, during that time, this was not a publicly traded company. There's no question that shareholders and everyone else around the WWE would be pissed if Owen Hart died in Kansas City in 2022. It just, it just wouldn't happen. Bro, do you yep. agree? Completely agree. And I think it's been awesome these last few weeks of this tournament. And Tony Khan made it sound like today it's going to be a regular thing that Owen's getting this praise, that he's getting these moments. I'm hoping that, you know, a younger generation of fans maybe go look up some of his matches. But, like, it's cool to sort of see him get his flowers, you know, years after the fact, Martha to be there. Like, it's nice to see this the last few weeks. So don't forget, we're on YouTube and live at 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 Central, uh, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 Pacific every Thursday on YouTube. And catch the podcast, look for Good Karma Wrestling, and hit that subscribe button. And, by the way, 
Ryan Rowitz, is this true? Will we oh. have a pop, will we have a pop up GKW on the first of June? That's what it's looking like next Wednesday. AEW finally makes their move to the West Coast. I don't think Vegas quite is West Coast, but their first LA show next week, their first Dynamite. So we figure we talk about it right after that show ends. So that'd be what six o'clock uh, Pacific for the LA folk. Uh, let's see. That'd definitely be ten Eastern. Oh, 10, 10. yeah. So eight o'clock or seven. <laughs> seven. Let me let me do the promo for God's sakes, bro. It's. So we're going to have a special Good Carver Wrestling pop-up show. For those of you watching on ESPN Los Angeles on the Twitter feed, we will take care of you. We want you to be able to watch Dynamite, AEW Dynamite, and we'll be on at 10 o'clock Eastern time, 10, 9, 8, 7 o'clock Pacific time. So 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. When Dynamite is over, make sure you come right here to the YouTube feed or on Twitter and check us out. We want to do, we're doing this specifically for you. ESPN Los Angeles because you've been so good to us. Yep. Uh, we want to be good to you. So first time ever AEW in Los Angeles at the Forum. So after the show, especially if you're going or if you're not going, check in with us. A special show on the 1st of June, right after Dynamite. It's going to be Looking good. Forward to it. Yeah, I think, you know, coming off the pay-per-view the first time over there, there's so many guys in our company from the West Coast. It'd be cool for them to get home to LA. All right, so ESPN LA, don't forget everybody else that's watching. We'll be on After Dynamite. Don't let Brian confuse you. We'll be on at 10 Eastern. Yes. <laughs> we'll be on 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific, right after Dynamite, right here on Good Karma Wrestling. For the absent uh, and on assignment, Gabe Neitzel and Brian Rowitz, this is Jonathan Hood. Thanks for checking out Good Karma Wrestling. Thanks for checking out the show, and we will see you on the first of uh, June and, of course, back here on Thursday the 2nd for another edition of Good Karma Wrestling.